happens when it's raining. Players only love you when they're playing. Say women, they will come and they will go. When the rain washes you clean, you know. <laughs> I feel like if anyone like understands our English that just goes away when we're singing because it's like yes i am yeah. stephanie uh i'm not the right stephanie for this song because you know stevie <laughs> nicks stephanie get it but um yeah stevie nicks is not even my favorite from fleetwood mac sorry christine mm-hmm. all the way <laughs> um <laughs> hi guys hello <laughs> Welcome to Suspiria, a true crime podcast, a true crime ASMR podcast. I'm Carol. I'm Stephanie. Today, we'll do the whole episode whispering, actually. So exactly. Okay, we should probably record the whole episode like this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, um, no, 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 no. So Five welcome to Suspiria. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm today sorry. we welcome have an audience member. My nephew is watching us via facetime on my phone and he's like Mm. staring at me like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) (laughs) my nephew bernardo is on the he's on the audience our first live show officially (laughs) this counts this counts as a there's an audience so i'm counting it yeah bernardo and all the insects in my house (laughs) <laughs> i think i let a fly in well i didn't my mom came in and she freaking opened my front door and she didn't tell me mm. to close my the mm. door and i don't have a storm door so i'm pretty sure a fly walked in because of that so. <laughs> stupid fly how's the weather down there carol you know the answer miserable today miserable. was Today was an all right weather-wise type of day. I usually, you guys know me, I like it in the 80s or 90s. It was 71 today, but it was pretty good. It wasn't cold and it wasn't like super hot the way I like it, but it was like decent. I was like, oh, okay. Here's like 100 degrees already. Yeah, no, I saw a post on Facebook, like some girl was like, oh, post the weather, um, in your hometown and she was in florida and it was 112 Mm -hmm. so not it's not good it's not nice anyway misery speaking of sunny places what are we talking about today carol we're talking about the case of claudia lesin rodriguez who i mean it's a pretty big case yes you know it's like one of those names that you know what Mm -hmm. it is anyway yes yeah so, Claudia Lessin Rodriguez was a 20-year-old woman who was murdered and dumped in Rio de Janeiro, Rio de Janeiro, Rio de Janeiro mm-hmm. back in 1977. Her case garnered national attention due to its brutality and also the fact that it was never truly solved. Another unsolved for you guys. We love it, right? Yes, unsolved yeah. murders. <laughs> so, it is known... Uh, as one of the most shocking cases of feminicide in the history of the state. The state of Rio, because you guys know Mm -hmm. Rio's like New York, New York, Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo, Rio, Rio. Rio, Rio, yeah. Yeah. So let's dig into the case. Mm -hmm. No pun intended, because there was a murder. Um, (laughs) That's awful. That is not what I meant by this. 
So we searched through literally hell and creation, but we couldn't find Claude. I'm sorry. Sometimes I'm going to say Claudia. Sometimes I'm going to say Claudia. It's just automatic. Yeah. Whenever I say Claudia, I mean Claudia. And whenever I say Claudia, I mean Claudia. Okay. Okay. So we couldn't find her date of birth. What we do know is that on July 24th, 1977, she was 21 years old. Her sister was actress Marcia Rodriguez, who starred in a movie called Garota de Ipanema. Yes, like the girl from Ipanema, like mm -hmm. the song. This movie was based on that song. And I didn't even know that they had a movie about the song. Me neither. Until... What's it about? Girl walking? <laughs> I don't know. Because that's the, what the song is about. Exactly. Like, it's just that. Look at the girl walking and how miserable I am. I don't know what the the movie is about, but I know that her sister like starred in the movie. Um, I hadn't really heard of her sister really before. I'm guessing that she didn't become like a big big name actress. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, her father uh, father her father was a retired pilot, and her mom was just like a housewife, mm -hmm. as were most people in Brazil, most women in Brazil yeah. in the seventies. <laughs> So, Claudia was known around the city of Rio for partying hard and hanging out with, quote-unquote, the wrong crowd. Meaning people who enjoy drinking and using drugs. Mm -hmm. um, at the time of her death, she was battling depression as she couldn't forget a boyfriend that she had had in the U.S. So, her family was, like, well-to-do. They weren't poor yeah. or anything. Like, she went to the best schools. She, like, studied abroad and stuff like that. And, like, this is back in the 70s. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she wasn't broke. She wasn't a drug addict, but but as most people her age did, uh, she used drugs every now and then. Um, so although in a lot of parts of the world, the 70s were marked by sex, drugs and rock and roll. Haha, <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> Brazilians had to be more low key about it. The country was still under a military dictatorship rule. Mm -hmm. So young people attempted to walk the line. Unless, of course, they were rich, since money can buy pretty much mm -hmm. anything, regardless of who's in power. Claudia hung out with the members of the high society, such as Michel Franchi, a Swiss-Brazilian heir known for sneaking out drugs into his parties, and he was even considered a drug dealer by authorities at the time. Hmm. Ooh, so, yep. So Not a good start, <laughs> is it? No. So that Michel Albert Frank guy was the son of Egon Frank, who owned uh, the watch manufacturer Mondain. Mondain? Uh, That's a famous Swiss yeah. watch manufacturer. Uh -huh. So, like, he's fucking loaded. Yeah. So he became addicted to cocaine. This is very um, relevant to today, right? Yes. <laughs> At the age of 16 and uh, also used other different drugs. So at the time of, Claud of Claudia's murder, he was either 25 or 26. Again, it was hard to find conclusive information on his specific date of birth. He worked every now and then as an investor. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. But uh, it sounds like it was pretty much a front so he could make himself look useful rather than just being... Known as the guy who was supported by his daddy, which you know where the money comes from that he is investing. Yes. So, like, you know, 
So on the night of Sunday, July 24th, Claudia somehow found herself on Michelle's apartment on Rua Desembargadora Alfredo Russell, Russell mm-hmm. on the Lebon Bairro, which is really good. Uh, investigators speculate that while there, she, while she was there, she consumed drugs with Michelle and his friend, the famous hairdresser, George Score. And they, they also speculate that the trio went for a walk and were walking by the Nehemiah Avenue when the two men decided to rape Claudia. She resisted and threatened to tell the police that she had seen Michelle selling a large amount of cocaine out of his apartment the day before, which is when they started beating her up. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a good strategy that she implemented there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so I don't know, but quite matter judge. At some point, they did succeed in raping her. She was beaten so severely that her face was unrecognizable once her body was found. Well, yeah. After beating her up, the man strangled Claudia. Claudia. Yeah. That sucks. It it was a, a really rough death. Like, especially like, I don't know, it's bad enough like being in that situation feeling so powerless but like it takes a lot of beating to make someone's face completely like disfigured yeah and that's like how it was with her and like one thing i don't know i feel like people they always go like oh you know she was raped but like why didn't she fight back kind of thing yes because when we fight back shit like that happens exactly yes Yes. So, like, I mean, it's not like you need to be completely complicit. You know, I guess it really depends on the situation. But, like, you know, it's not the victim's fault, like, ever. You yeah, know, no, never. Yeah. But, like, it's it's rough. It's really mm-hmm. rough. So, on that very same night, factory worker Luis Gonzaga de Oliveira had a throbbing toothache that wouldn't let him sleep sound. He was temporarily housed along with three other co-workers in a sort of mobile home. So it's not literally a mobile home. It's called Bahacon or mm-hmm. Bahacon. Shack. Yeah, it's a, sort of like a shack. Yeah, let's just use shack. Yeah. Um, at Tecnosolo, which is the factory for which he worked, that was also located at the same Nehemiah Avenue. Mm-hmm. At around midnight, he heard a strange noise outside, which didn't disturb the other men sleeping there. Of, uh, through a crack on the wall, he saw a red Brasilia, which is like such a typical Brazilian car. <laughs> yeah, the name is Brazilia. Brasilia. Brasilia uh, yeah. Parked almost in front of the mo- the shack. Mm. There was a man inside the car and another man outside. He paid no attention to that and returned to his bed, but was disturbed once again by the man talking outside. He got up And got back to looking through the crack, which, like, nosy much. This is, like, literally me. The minute I hear anything outside, I'm like, ooh, what is going on? Yes. So he saw that the man who was sitting in the front seat had jumped to the back seat while the other man tried to take something out of the trunk. So the car moved a few times, going back and forward. Luis then saw that the men were carrying a large suitcase closer to one of the walls louise exited the little bahaku <laughs> <the little shack, laughs> and 
wrote on one of the stone walls the number of the license plate of the car. That was 5964 and memorized the letters SX on the plate. So the plates in Brazil, and I think it was like that back then probably too. It's like three letters and four numbers. Yes. Right? Yeah. So it's easy, like it's, you know, I don't know, it's easier and to And there like was memorize. also like less cars to register, so. Yeah. Back then. And he was a red Brasilia, so that's, like, pretty dead on. You know, yeah. there's probably, like, two cars to choose from. Yeah. So he went back to the to the shack, and around two hours later, he was half awake and half asleep and heard the car engine turning on. He couldn't get the thought of those men out of his head. When he woke up to go to, the, uh, to, go to work at 4.30 a.m., oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty regular in Brazil, though. Yeah. Yeah. So he told his co-workers about what he'd seen and tried to enlist their help to investigate the matter. They brushed it all off and told him that it must have been Macumba. Yeah. Oh, my God. Which, are we going to explain what Macumba is? Let it's, me just explain it yeah. this way, okay? Macumba is a drum that is used on, like, African uh, religions in Brazil. So, you know, yeah. like, when you bring the slaves over and the slaves create their own religion, that's what happened. And it's kind of, like, not... It doesn't have a good rep in Brazil just because of, you know, racism and all that. Exactly. So, it's like, yeah, you say anything bad, oh, it's Macumba, you know? Yeah. And then something bad happens, oh, kick it, it's Macumba kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's racist, but it's something that, like, just in the past few years... Be- not that it became racist, but, like, people are saying, like, yeah... Please stop saying that. This is very intolerant. So, yeah. What these guys did, saying that it was just intolerant. That's all you guys exactly. need. Exactly. So, he tried investigating the scene uh, on his own, but didn't find anything out of place. During his lunch break, he heard from another co-worker that a body had been found in the same area where the shack where he lay asleep was. He worked all day, and when he got home, he asked a neighbor to use her phone. Since he didn't have one, he went to the nearest payphone and called the global radio station. Yeah. Instead of the cops. Well, it's here's the thing. I don't think they had like nine one one. Okay. And like back then, like it was like even when my mom was like a young adult in the eighties, like only rich people had phones too. And I feel like he thought that the radio station would care more yeah than like the police because keep in mind this is like dictatorship and like he doesn't sound like he's like a rich person (laughs) maybe he'd have to like go to a a police station or like talk to one of the guards or something yeah right because they keep like when you talk about dictatorship you're talking about like military on the streets too yeah right and a militarized like government yeah. So maybe yeah, maybe he thought he would have a better better luck with um yeah pol- with a radio station than police. Exactly. Also because they're probably already on it, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. I like I didn't see any like interviews with him or anything, so I don't understand the reasoning. But yeah, but I mean it's probably good reasoning, good enough. Yeah. So, on Monday, the 25th, Michelle asked Georges to take him to the doctor so he could take care of the wounds on his hands. Mm. 
then he has to be taken to his friends Carlo <sighs> and Bernadette's Sim- Bernadette Simonelli's house. While there, he relayed the facts that he had taken place in his apartment throughout the weekend and asked them for help. He was visibly shaken and didn't know what to do. He ended up staying there pretty late and slept over. George just left. Yep. So. Yeah. So. Claudia was found naked with a bag full of rocks tied by wires to her neck. So, like, the big bag full of, like, really, really heavy rocks. So, you know, this wasn't no accident, okay? There were signs that the perpetrators had tried dumping her into the water, but that didn't work out as she got, like, stuck to some rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, the medical examiner's report concluded that she had been raped and was killed by strangulation, although there were signs that she had also suffered a brain hemorrhage because she was beaten so severely. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, so Louise managed to get a hold of two people in the radio station, but he could only reach the chief editor on Tuesday and told him about the license plate and what he had seen. He also said that he could recognize one of the men as he had seen him from the waist up. The chief editor stated that the radio station driver had warned the police about the numbers, but no one cared to listen. So... See, someone heard about it because Louise called them twice. But here's where you see, like, why, probably why uh, Louise didn't go to the police. Because the radio station driver called the police and he was like, listen, we heard about this. Like, the fuck? And police didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So once uh, the police had the numbers, because now it was the chief editor calling, um, they found out that the car was registered to a real estate a- agency. The owner of that agency, Michelle Frank. Uh, of course. Yeah. On Tuesday, Carlos Simonelli took Michelle early in the morning to his father's Egon's office. To his dad, he told the following. On Saturday night, we were... He was in his apartment playing cards with George's when the phone rang. It was Claudia. He stated that she had bar- that he had barely seen her twice. Uh, the first time was back in May at the Medigen Hotel, where they had met at the launch party of the movie Gente Fina e Outra Coisa, which was produced by, Ego- by Egon. Claudia was the girlfriend of the movie's director, Pedro Carlos Oval, He said that they never even spoke. Only three weeks later, he was officially introduced to her when she came over his apartment with Pedro Joval. It was another Saturday where he hosted a party at his house with tons of cocaine, as usual. On Saturday, July 23rd, according to his story, Claudia called called him asking if her boyfriend was there. He wasn't. Michelle still invited her to come over and requested that she... She'd bring a friend as he was there with Georges. She showed up with Daniele Labelli and they played cards at Simonelli's. Uh, the Simonelli's were also there. Yes. So one, one thing I want to point out. <laughs> when I first read this whole thing, mm-hmm. I thought that Daniele was a girl 
but it's a guy. A guy, so, Daniel? Yeah, it's because he's French. Also, like, Daniel. Yeah, that, that must be how they spell Daniel in mm. France. I don't know. That sounds like a made-up name. Daniel Leben. <laughs> well, it was on the official report. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you'd think that it was uh, a bring-a-friend request that they would hoping was a woman, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they care, though. It was the 70s. Like, everybody was fucking each other. <laughs> it's fine for me to say that. My, my yeah. nephew doesn't know what fucking each other means. He's just looking at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> So, after asking a lot of questions uh, about the game without really joining in, Claudia stated that she didn't really feel well as she had had a lot of beer and wine. Michelle took her to the bathroom where she was helped by Bernadette Simonelli. And after she recovered, she came back to the living room telling Michelle that she wanted to smoke. He told her that Uh, and all of this, guys, is according to Michelle. This is the story that he told his dad. Um, he told her that she could smoke as long as it was in one of the bedrooms since he despised the smell of smoke. <laughs> I'm sure he does. Yeah. According to Michelle, she came back to the living room asking for, quote unquote, other things. He told her to get into his bedroom and make herself at home because that's where he kept the drugs. Mm. The game in the living room was no longer cards, but now uh, backgammon. Backgammon. I don't mm -hmm. even know if I'm pronouncing that right, yeah, but it's like a board game. Yeah. Which I've never seen in my life. I mean, um, it's a board game only played by jackasses. Oh, yeah. So that's probably yeah. why I've never seen it. Mm -hmm. It's like a fucking little... Like the whole the game comes in a suitcase and you open it and there's like... It's... I don't know. Like my dad likes to play like him. But it's like, you know, basically just so like So you're rows. saying your dad's a jackass. No, no, <laughs> no. It's just like, it's a suitcase and then there's like two sides of the suitcase. Yeah. With like rows of uh, pieces and you mm -hmm. need to steal the other person's pieces. I don't know. I, yeah, I looked at a picture of it. I was like, I have literally never seen this in my life. Yeah. Anyway, so Michelle told his dad that Georges went into the bathroom And when he came back, he like he had to walk through Michelle's bedroom door mm -hmm. and he saw Claudia laying on his bed completely naked. Sure, Jan. So it was then that they had the brilliant idea and decided to have a threesome. <laughs> like, yeah, a naked woman. Of course, just because she's naked, she's obviously going to like be totally for this threesome mm -hmm. idea. Yeah, so once uh, Daniel, Daniel, I don't fucking know how to pronounce this guy's name. Dan once this, Danny decided. Yeah, once Danny decided to go into one of the guest rooms, Michelle and Georges decided to pay Claudia a visit. He says that they intended, intended on having sex, but since they had had a lot of cocaine, they couldn't get hurt. But that's not an issue if you really want to have sex. I'm sorry. That's not Claudia's problem. If I mean, if this was a real situation, right? So this is like I'm his sorry. whole little story. Uh, so he said that Claudia fell on the bed and started showing signs of an overdose. 
Her body was like shaking, her teeth were clenched, and her mouth was completely closed. He said that they did what they could to save her as she probably had her tongue twisted inside her mouth. Mm. Of course. Uh, while George is trying to relive her by giving her electric shocks using a wire from a lamp. Jesus Christ. Michelle threw a hand inside her mouth trying to untangle her tongue. The noise woke Danny, who stared at the scene, thinking that they were, like, having some kinky-ass threesome. <laughs> this person has never seen sex before. Yeah. yeah. And then Georges, like, turned around and told him that she was dead. He said it in French. She's dead. And then they tried to get him to help them get rid of the body. And he was like, fuck no. Like, get the fuck out of here. He was like, not me. Not today, Satan. So he, like, bounced out of there. Yeah. So they cleaned up the apartment to get rid of the evidence of drug use and dumped the body. Georges called Michael out on his sly later on, of course. So on September 13th, he surrendered to a judge and contradicted Michelle's statement. He states that he walked into the scene and saw Michelle with his hands inside of Claudia's mouth and stated that there was blood on them. Hmm. He realized that she was moving and tried CPR with no success. The heroes, right? The hero. He's like... You see, we tried to save her. I tried to save her. I saw this guy mounting her with his hand in her mouth. Mm -hmm. And there was blood all over the place. And I, myself, the hero, stepped Mm -hmm. in. And I was like, yes, I am going to save a life. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, they tried CPR and nothing worked. So, they just dumped her. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. Mm-hmm. You don't call the police. Yeah. No, of course not. So, once Michelle was arrested, Egon used his money, of course, to get the case out of the headlines. He was initially charged by a grand jury, but was able to await trial at home. Don't you love being rich and white? I, I just love daddy will pay for it. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, so he was initially charged by a grand jury, but was able to... uh, He was watched 24-7 by police officers, though. He managed to evade the officers while going for a swim in Copacabana. Of course, life doesn't stop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he swam to a boat and was out of the country in no time. Yep. Wow. So a boat was just, like, conveniently waiting Waiting. for him. Yeah. (sighs) Since he held dual citizenship, he couldn't be extradited to Brazil. Police officers told Hilton, Claudia's dad, that there were a lot of important people involved in this. Yeah. Well, not their fucking problem. Yeah. And like, um, yeah, they were like, well, you know, we can't investigate this very well because there's so many rich people. And he was like, well, but I am also rich. But they were like, oh, no, but not as rich as these people, though. I'm sorry that your daughter chose to get raped and murdered by really rich, important people. Yeah. That was really not really, really unlucky of you. That's (laughs) really the, the, the feeling that I got from all of this. And I watched some news pieces with her mom. And she was basically like, well, no one really tried to investigate this. Like, we know exactly what happened Mm -hmm. and who did it, but no one cared enough. And um, what else was I going to say? I forget what else I was going to (laughs) say. So, 
1980, while Michel worked in Switzerland, because, like, he went to Switzerland, his dad set him up in an office, like, he lived in, like, downtown, um, I forget which, I don't know if it was Zurich, I don't fucking know, but, like, he was, like, living his best life, like, didn't even pay any attention to any of this, it was, like, a page in the past. So while he was there, Georges underwent trial in Brazil. Though there was evidence and pictures were added to the trial itself, like they added pictures of her neck and her body to like really like compel the jury, he was acquitted of the charges of homicide and rape. I think they uh, voted like six to one to acquit him. Oh my God. He was sentenced to two years because he helped hide the body. But since he had him, he had been in prison for three years now, he was set free. Swiss authorities received copies of the case, like of the case file, uh, but they didn't really think there was enough evidence to convict uh, Michelle. D- they even called the autopsy report amateur. He was, however, charged in 1981 to two months in prison because of drug possession. Five years later, he was arrested again in France under the same charges. I mean, I hate to like, I hate when it happens that, you know, it's like we clearly know what happened and, you know, but the person was still acquitted. But I think a lot of the times it just, it does only come down to like legal argument and, you know, yeah, and like, if they're paying the best lawyers, they will find a way to like, you know, do a not guilty. You and know. not for nothing, when I was, like, watching, like, the reports on this, um, there was, like, a, like, they have, like, a, it's not a crime to remember, but it's sort of, like, that in Brazil mm-hmm. for, like, older crimes. And the way they uh, framed the Swiss authorities' like, position on this, it was, like, the murder didn't really matter because, like, he's Swiss and she isn't. <laughs> So fuck her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one thing I really hate. Like, you know how in America, like, foreigners are just lesser? Yep. In Brazil, I mean, of course you know. Because <laughs> we're both. But, like, you know, in Brazil, like, if you're not from Brazil, like, even if you're, like, from anywhere, like, excluding, you know, the Middle East, the Middle East and Africa, mm-hmm. you're automatically like more interesting and you know more like in a pedestal with it so i don't know i feel like that also plays a role it's like oh no that guy is gringo that that guy is swiss you know Mm -hmm. so it's yeah yeah. so in 1989 back in switzerland get this michelle was murdered after an argument with a couple that came over to his house to snort cocaine he was shot four times. His family didn't go to the funeral, which only had three guests. <laughs> That's so sad, but also he deserves. He deserves. Karma is a fucking bitch. Yeah. The guests were his lawyer, a cop, for some reason, and his therapist. Yep. <sighs> Isn't that completely like frowned upon for like therapists to be that close to like. I feel like his therapist just, like, felt bad mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. Because I've seen, like, know. therapists, like, say that 
if they go to like a restaurant, I have like a great aunt. She's like a therapist. If she goes to like a restaurant, she sees one of her patients there, she leaves. Yeah, it's no. like you have to separate all that. Like even like for your own mental health, you know what I mean? Exactly. When yeah. I was uh, when I went to therapy, uh, my therapist was like not the same age that I am, but like around the same age. And she lives in like a really like hip neighborhood in Boston. Mm-hmm. And she used to tell me like, listen, if you ever see me like out, like you don't have to say hi to me. If you say hi to me, I'll say hi to you. But like, if mm-hmm. you don't, then I'm not gonna be offended. Yeah. So. So Egon died in 2005, and Georges, after the crime, lost all his fame as a hairstylist. He even attempted to open a new salon in Niteroi, but uh, then he moved to São Paulo. In 2015, a relative of his stated that he had health issues and didn't have the mental strength to talk about the case. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it was very traumatic for him, right? Very traumatic for him having Mm -hmm. to kill someone and rape them. So no one was ever formally held liable for Claudius' murder. Even though you know exactly what happened. Yep. How out of this world is this? And even um even um her mom even pleaded with the military president at the time. She was mm-hmm. like begging him to like reopen the case, um do like a a freaking thorough investigation and they just didn't care. They're too busy trying to fight communism. Exactly. Too busy. <laughs> too busy persecuting people and getting rid of like journalists for speaking up. And um what else did I I was gonna say something else. Hold on. I'm gonna remember it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and her dad said that like he hoped that he would live to be like in his nineties so he could see mm-hmm. the murder like actually pay for the crime, but it didn't happen. It's really fucked up. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so that was the case of Claudia Lysine Rodriguez. There's a movie about this. Um, yeah. It's a 1979 movie. I have not seen it. Wow, that's fast after the... Yeah. No, but I feel like back in the day, they did movies like way like mm-hmm. faster. Like movie... Version. Oh my god, speaking of movie versions, guys, <laughs> you must have seen it on our uh, stories because I posted. Yeah, but like they're making ago. a movie about Suzanne. About yeah. the Hishtofen case. Suzanne von Hishtofen. Yeah. I think it's called like The Girl Who Killed Her Parents. I think it's called mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, she didn't kill her parents. Though. She did. No, well, she didn't kill with her own hands. The title. Well, yeah, but like that. she, that's like Manson. He didn't do anything yeah, like, yeah, technically, exactly. but exactly. Yeah. yeah, but still, you know. Yeah, so I'm looking for a lot of people it. are mad about it. Why though? Because people are saying that like it glorifies what she did, mm. and uh, they're saying that there's like more like honorable people in Brazilian history to make movies about. Mm-hmm. which is true but like i also want to see the movie yeah but here's the thing like i think a lot of content like this you know based off of crimes or whatever they do glorify people 
but that also depends on the movie, you know, like the Ted Bundy movie, like just recently, the latest one that, you know, that doesn't glorify him. Yeah. So like, it really depends on it, you know. I hope they do a good job. I can't remember the last like biopic that I watched, Brazilian biopic that Mm -hmm. I watched. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Suzanne is that like, if they try to make like a movie humanizing her and like showing all the issues and depending on the way they put they portray the parents, then that's an issue on it, right? But if they literally do something like showing how dark it was and stuff and like clearly not, you should be doing this. You know, it's I don't know. I, I feel, feel like, but yeah. I feel like they're going to like try to humanize her yeah then i feel i feel like this is gonna backfire but i also Mm -hmm. want to watch it backfire yeah (laughs) (laughs) you want to (laughs) see as we say you want to see the secret pega fogo right exactly (laughs) you want to see the circus on fire (laughs) exactly that's exactly what i want to see but um what else was gonna say uh, yeah, so I'm trying to think the last, I can't remember the last biopic that I watched, uh, Brazilian wise, um, but I hope they'll make more movies, like more mm-hmm. quality Brazilian movies. Did you see that they're doing, um, a TV show about the Amazon forest? No. With, uh, Thais Araújo, <gasps> no. Deborah Falabella, but it's only on Global Play. Oh. It's not on Netflix. Yeah, well. Did you wa- bit did you watch Democracy in Vertigi? No, I have not yet. <gasps> you're not going to like it. Hmm? <laughs> it's good, but you're not going to like it. Why? Cuz it glorifies the workers party too much. Oh. But, but like you know, I mean, real I'll still watch way. it like a lot of people were saying that like um the mechanism glorified the right mm-hmm. a lot and i didn't think i i thought yeah. it was just like okay i mean i didn't want like if you guys want to watch uh i think the movie's called like the day democracy died or something like the edge of democracy i'm gonna look it up right now to i think see it's what's the edge of democracy i don't know it's on netflix if you type brazil on netflix it's gonna pop up like and it's in I've english heard a lot of like people that i know are fans of you know who mm-hmm like shitting on it so yeah i mean it's because i mean it doesn't shit on him as much it just shits it's like about the coop and stuff okay the, the, it is go ahead which coop the uh how they got doom out of uh, out of the oh, thing and like the, the beginnings of the lava jato and all like not counting on what ha- what's happening with the operation right now you know because ever since the this the movie came out a lot of stuff came out yeah. Which, I mean, it's not even worth talking about here until it all ends because it's like a whole shitstorm. Like, every Just day. Just watch the mechanism. <laughs> yeah. I feel I mean, like I they're doing, watch. like, a shot by shot of everything. <laughs> yeah. No, but that, uh, I liked, like, because, I don't know, I didn't really follow anything while it was happening back in, like, 2014, 2015, 2016, you know? I didn't really, like, follow mm-hmm. the politics so I don't know, like I didn't understand a lot of things and how we went on and what exactly each step was, you know. And that yeah. helped me, even though it was like biased, 
help me understand and like understand why what happened with the election happened you know yeah so yeah like i don't it is called the edge of democracy um i don't really uh, to be honest to be 100 1000 percent honest Mm -hmm. i didn't really care enough to follow (laughs) but i was too busy like with like american politics (laughs) i know right like american politics was like so much worse at that time and it's about to get bad because the election is coming up, right? It's like we, yep. if you're if you're like f- from two countries, like we, like me and Steph are, it's like you barely have enough time to recover from one election, and then another one comes yeah. up, and another one, and exactly. another one. Exactly. And sucks. I already like avoid reading up on politics here because it just stresses me out like these stupid yeah. fucking raids, like that had literally like. I know, like, families that were literally, like, fearing for their lives. That I was fearing for my life, and I'm not even at risk. So, like... Yeah. Yeah, no, but, like, I know people who didn't even, like, go to the grocery store. Because they're like, mm-hmm. no. You How know? can anyone defend that? It's just beyond me. Dude, did you see the freaking picture of that little girl and her dad who drowned? Yeah, like, I... Why did I... Why did I open the freaking comment section i was so hated i uh, i can't even let's change the subject talk about something funny no just i just want to add one thing to that i think that a lot of like what's missing on this whole debate is like humanizing the issue and humanizing the people you know like it's easy like look at numbers and like think that everybody like is the same and you know it's all you know, this is why this is all happening, you know, when really, I mean, at least I hope, you know, people listening to this podcast, like, start looking at people, like, from outside, from Latin America specifically, too. Yeah. As, you know, humans, as people, and, like, because it's tough to, like, think of things in those terms that the way life works in anywhere, like, in the U.S., you know, people wake up, go to work, go to grocery store, come back, go to church, whatever. All that still happens in other places, you know, when it's like the world is the same, like yeah. everywhere is the same, you know, and it's easy to like have extremist views and like, well, they should have just come here legally. They should when you really you don't understand the issues I and mean, you, you don't see it's not that you don't see the people as human, but like a lot of it, the, it's one of those things that, that like you like i feel like it's one of those things where you can't fathom that happening to you so yeah. because you can't put yourself in other people's shoes mm-hmm. it doesn't matter yeah you know what i mean and i can assure you most people that cross the border most people that immigrate to the u.s i'm sure that they never thought they're gonna be immigrants i myself never thought i was gonna be an immigrant you know like it's something that like you're you're living your life, then all of a sudden it happens. And for a lot of people, it's just something that happens to you, you know. And let me just finish with this thought: if you're going, if you're that desperate to leave a place that you're you end up drowning with your daughter like on your back, if it comes to that point, it it's because life is tough for you, and they don't have any other option other than living leaving. So that's that yeah anyways um 
I'm defrosting some chicken. What are you doing right now? I'm hungry. <laughs> I think I'm going to make mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make some stroganoff today. So I guess that's it, guys. This is it. Mm. This is it. This is it. Do you like my This Is It song? <laughs> I love you. This is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. This is open anchor to do some shout outs here. Anchor. Let's shout people out. Shout, 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 shout. <laughs> Everybody. Shout, shout, shout. Do you like my ASMR? Not really. Wow, rude. <laughs> What I don't like about doing the songs in the beginning of the episode is that the song will be stuck in my head for hours. And then I edit the episode and I'm there. Happens when it's raining. The day the week that we did Gretchen, PDPP, that song was on my head for like I'm not kidding. Like two weeks. I can't believe that we did an episode with Swedish people and didn't mention Sweden. Still listens to us, by the way. Hi, Sweden. Hi, Sweden. <laughs> so if you are uh, not a descendant of Michel Frank, yeah. please feel free to hit me up. If you are a descendant, I'll take your money, but I'm not interested. <laughs> so today we're shouting out Bambi, Cassia, Alini, and our listeners in Oyster Grossland, Sweden. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a what? funny name. Oster Glorsland. <laughs> Dude, I've been telling Carol she needs to watch Golden Girls. Because <laughs> this is this is such a perfect rose moment right now. Oh my god. You go watch Golden Girls. I just started rewatching recently and um I'm on season seven already. I'm almost done. I'm like, no. No, and now they're getting rid of the office on Netflix. How dare they? First of all, they're gonna lose so much money because, like, people like me, I only have Netflix because of the office. How, why, how, why, why exactly? What is the reason behind this? Makes no sense, anywho. Yeah, I mean. They probably have a good reason, but well, it wasn't it wasn't Netflix's decision. It was NBC because yeah. they're making their own like streaming platform. But that's just dumb. That is but, dumb. Dude, You're I hate lose it so money. much that people are like old networks are gonna have their own streaming services. Like, how much money do you think I have to have like m- more than one streaming platform? Well, I have zero money. Like all all my log- logins are just from other people. How many friends do you think I have that each one of them are going to have, like, you know, the access to one of them? And, you know, I don't know. It sucks. I hate it. Do you have T-Mobile? No. T-Mobile is not sponsoring this. If you want to sponsor this T-Mobile, they'll go right ahead. But I get Netflix for free because I mm. have uh, T-Mobile. So they pay for it. I get Netflix for free because of my father-in-law. Well... That is that also works. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's it, guys. Uh, hope you guys have a good uh, rest of the week and a good end of the world. Later, haters. Mm-hmm. Later. Ciao. Bye.
thank you for listening to another episode of Suspiria, a true crime podcast. If you are a creep and enjoy listening to all of that horrible information, please check out our previous episodes and write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram as Suspiria Podcast. Facebook is also Suspiria Podcast. If you want to follow Carol, you can follow her at Suspiria Carol. And you can follow me at eu.steph. Note, none of us post anything interesting. We do, actually. If you have any case suggestions, feel free to drop them over at suspiriapodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to be part of this podcast, you can also email us. We promise we won't bite. Ciao! Ciao.